Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. So the story I'm going to share with you took place in the North Pole, Alaska, in May 20th. The incident that I'm going to describe was wrong place, wrong time, and completely unprovoked, which no one believes. Another note too, I was still only 20 when this incident occurred and could not legally own a pistol yet. Also, I was in the army and if you live in the barracks, you have to keep your weapons in the arms room. So, it's not like it's convenient to get that out and carry it around, as compared to a guy living off post who can keep his gun in a safe in the closet or something. I know people will wonder why I wasn't carrying. Those are the reasons, though. But anyway, here's my story. So on the night of Cinco de Mayo 20, I attended a party at a friend's house in the North Pole, AK. North Pole is about um, 20 to 30 minutes outside of Fairbanks. It's a somewhat rural community. Lots of houses that are on one to two acre lots and mostly all dirt roads off the main road. I was the designated driver that night and drove four of my friends but three of the friends that I brought decided that they were going to spend the night at that person's house instead of going back to the barracks. Only one friend that wasn't drinking a lot decided that he wanted to go back to the barracks when I was ready to go. So we ended up leaving at about 1.30 in the morning I'd say and as we were pulling into the front gate we got a call that there had been a fight at the party. They said that after the fight everyone was going home instead of staying the night and continuing drinking. They asked us to come back and pick them up but said that they had went to a different friend's house that lived in that same area because everyone had to leave after the fight. Well, GPS doesn't work that well once you get outside of Fairbanks and none on the main roads anymore, at least not with my Verizon service that night. 
You could get in the general area, but not always the exact location. When we went to the address that was given, it came up as being in the middle of the road, so we took a turn down a side road to turn around and try to get that service so that we could make a call to figure out where the house was. By this time, it was around 2.30 in the morning, and as we turned down the road, there was an old red minivan with fog lights mounted on top, just kind of idling there with two guys that looked to be in their late 20s inside of it. I remember thinking that it looked like something that you'd see on a TV show or a horror movie. Just a, a real creepy looking van, especially at almost 3 in the morning. We had to pass them though to turn around and they looked at us in a way that gave us a really bad feeling. So we turned around and then had to pass them again to pull out onto the main road. As we passed them, the driver was leaning his head out of the window like he wanted us to stop so that they could ask us for something. But being that it was almost three in the morning, we knew that it was probably best to just keep on driving. But my friend wasn't able to get a hold of anyone too, so he tried mapping it out again. The GPS was delayed due to the poor service though, and we missed the turn again. We saw a small clearing to pull over at, so we pulled over on the side of the road to verify where we were at compared to the street that we missed. About 10 seconds later, the red minivan with the fog lights pulled up next to us on the driver's side and rolled down the window. I rolled my window down and they initiated conversation by asking if we had seen a white Dodge pickup. We said that we hadn't and they said, okay, thanks. We then asked if they knew where Meadow Rue was, the street that we were looking for. They said that it was the first street on the left if we headed back the way that we just came. We were suspicious, but when we looked at the GPS, it showed that that was actually the road. We actually found out later that the road was on both sides of the main road. Note too that the locals outside of Fairbanks tend not to like the active duty military guys. And military guys, they stick out a lot due to the lack of a beard and long hair and having a military haircut and whatnot. We started heading toward Meadow Rue, which was about a half mile away, and saw them pull out and started heading that way behind us. We made the turn into what we thought was Meadow Rue, and this road is a bumpy dirt road and immediately forks off into two directions. One side goes straight and up a slight hill, the other side is off to the left and drops down about two feet and flattens out. We turn left and drop down the small incline. The road was narrow, only big enough for one car in line with trees on both sides for a good distance. But the first thing that we noticed was a dead end sign. And that was when we started to get worried. We drove about 20 feet and then we see the minivan with the fog lights turn in and drop down behind us. At this point, my blood turned cold and I felt a sinking feeling in my stomach. I knew that they were following us and I tried to be positive and hoped for a split second that they'd hang back and turn off the first driveway or something, which we hadn't seen a driveway yet, but then I saw them speeding up. Again, this is a bumpy dirt side street and there's no reason to be going fast. I start speeding up and then they slammed into the back of my car, backed off and then rammed me again. A few seconds later, we made it to a small clearing, like a, a dirt cul-de-sac. I had enough room to pull forward and then reverse myself back so that I was facing the direction that I just came. But while I was doing this, they stopped and blocked the one-lane dirt road. They hopped out of the car and one of them shouted, This ain't Meadow Rue, get the hell out of the car. 
the one guy had positioned himself directly in front of my car about 10 or 15 feet away between the trees and his van. The other guy started walking up to my passenger side where my friend was. They kept shouting at us to get out but I just gunned it right at the guy in front of me trying to run him over. He managed to jump out of the way and I thought for sure there wouldn't be enough room between his van and the trees and figured that we'd get stuck but we had no guns so there wasn't a better choice. I thought that we'd have to bail out and run into the woods and hide but to my surprise we actually squeezed just through it. It was such a tight fit that both my mirrors collapsed in but I then sped out of there, got on the main road and headed for home. I had actually seen a state trooper not long before all of this, not too far down the road as well. I was scared to death of being chased again and then run off the road at high speeds. So, instead of slowing down, I blew past the state trooper while doing 90 in a 45. Not exaggerating too. Since that is extreme speeding, I thought that I'd get the trooper's attention. But for whatever reason, it didn't. It was only one turn on the whole way back and when I slowed down to make it, the van was nowhere in sight, thankfully. Still, I flew back at 90 miles per hour all the way just to be safe. The next day, we tried to tell our friends what had happened, but nobody believed us. Not one person. They thought that we didn't feel like driving all the way back to pick them up, so we made up some elaborate story to get out of it. The guy who had invited us all over originally said that if we were serious that we needed to go and file a police report with the Alaska State Troopers. So we did. We went to file a police report at the State Troopers office in town. When we filed our report, after giving our story to the trooper, he told us to wait and then he left the room. About 15 minutes later, he came back in and told us to tell the truth. Confused, we asked him what he meant. He said his theory was that we were drunk, driving around late at night, partying and we plowed into the van that we described. He said that he thought the owner heard that happen and then came out and confronted us and we took off. He said to get ahead of the story, we made up the whole thing so we wouldn't get in trouble for wrecking into a car while drunk and leaving the scene. We repeatedly told him that that was not the case and said everything that we had told him was true. But without evidence to prove his theory, he just let us go. The next day he went and checked the area that we showed him on the map and I guess when he didn't find a wrecked car that he knew that we were most likely telling the truth. He called and asked us to come meet him out there to verify that that was indeed the area but we told him that we didn't want to go anywhere near there again. About two weeks after that though he called and asked us to come in and possibly ID the vehicle. He showed us a picture of a red minivan with fog lights and we said that it looked just like the vehicle from the incident. He then told us that the vehicle was stolen sometime before that and that it was taken from an old woman. These guys may or may not have been related to her but the trooper said that if any arrests were made that he would call us back. We never did hear any follow up after that though. To this day, no one really believes my story. They think that we just did something to provoke the incident or just think that we made it all up to sound cool or something, but it was just a case of the wrong place, wrong time. I'm a 20-year-old female and I live in a very religious state and grew up in a pretty religious family too, but I myself have never been religious or even spiritual. 
I'm an atheist, horror enthusiast, and the paranormal has never been something that scared me, but it's always something that I've been interested in. My hood rat friends and I love to go and explore abandoned towns and buildings. I've been doing this since I was about 16 and never had any scary encounters other than some rats and raccoons. This past summer, my friend suggested that we go visit one of the state's oldest cemeteries that's about 30 minutes up a canyon that I live right next to. As we entered the tiny town, maybe 30 very old houses, he took me down a separate street to show me an old abandoned schoolhouse. Normally, we would get out and go and explore, but it was the middle of the day and raining heavily, so we kind of just passed by. There's a plaque on the top of the school that reads 1904, and is surrounded by other very old abandoned cabins. All of the entryways were boarded up, and it looked like as if there was no way in. It was an absolutely beautiful building, though, and I was very intrigued. So, the next night, I decided to go back up there with another friend of mine. But we both get off work super late, so we didn't even end up heading there until about 1.30 in the morning. The drive up the canyon was fine, and we listened to music and joked the entire time, but the second that we turned onto the road to lead us into the small town, I just felt sick to my stomach. I honestly can't even explain that exact feeling that I felt, other than just pure terror and dread. I kept trying to write it off as just general anxiety from driving so far in the dark, but as we got closer to the school, the worse the feeling became. As we approached the building, I nervously suggested that we just drive around to see the building 360. As we did, I looked down at one of the doors that was completely boarded off the night before, and that one door was now open. Mind you, it had been raining for the past 48 hours, and there was just no way that someone would have went down there and opened that door. We pulled up down the street though of the school next to one of the much older, very abandoned cabins. Reluctantly, I got out of the car and locked the doors. I thought that maybe I was overreacting and I just needed to take a Xanax or something and calm myself down. But when I looked at my friend, I could tell that he was super uneasy as well. Very out of character for both of us to be honest. We started walking up the street towards the schoolhouse regardless. The feeling in my stomach got worse and... Before I know it, we're standing on the road right in front of the schoolhouse. I looked down at my feet about to step on the grass. Every single fiber in my body was telling me not to step into the property. I've never felt this feeling before and I've never been this scared in my entire life. I wrapped my arm around my friends and I forced myself to step onto the grass, even though I knew that I shouldn't have. We started walking around outside the building just to get a closer look of the outside we were about 15 steps in when we came around the side of the building to a ton of trees. Before I could even open my mouth though to express how fearful I was, my eyes just welled up with tears and at the exact same time, we both just stopped walking. Neither of us could physically take another step no matter how hard either of us tried and we looked at each other and without saying a word, we both bolted back to my car. The ride home, we both came clean and told each other how scared we were. My friend got really quiet and said, I don't believe in the paranormal, but when we first drove around the school, I swear to you that I looked up and I saw a girl staring at me from the windows. The scary thing about this isn't just the fact that he saw this, though, because there's little to no information about this town or building whatsoever. 
but the one and only thing that I found on the school was two separate Facebook posts. One saying, I wanted to go in and explore this building, but as I drove towards it, I got such a bad feeling that I had to turn around in my car and leave. I felt like I was being stared at the entire time, and I lived across the street. But one day, I opened my window to find a little girl staring at me from one of the windows in the school. The rest of the night, though, I was just too scared to sleep. I ended up calling my friend over, and we sat on the couch in my living room and watched Disney films to make us feel better. But in the days passing, I couldn't help but feel like I just wasn't alone anymore. I kept having super strange and vivid dreams and didn't feel comfortable sleeping in my own room anymore. I flash forward a few weeks later, the weekend was my friend's birthday, so we'd all been drinking for the past two days at an Airbnb. My liver loves me, I know. But one of my friends and I went back to my house to grab a few things, and I decided to shower while we were there. He was super tired and still a little bit intoxicated, and I told him that he could lay down on the couch in my room and take a nap while I showered. After I'd showered and gotten dressed, I walked back into my room and as long as I live, I will never forget this moment. But my friend, mind you, was half drunk and half asleep, looks up at me and says, who's the guy in your closet? It didn't really register to me at first, so I laughed and replied, there's nobody in my closet. He looked at me very seriously and said, no, there's a man standing in your closet. He then woke up fully and explained that he was having a strange dream, but then it clicked. I felt that overwhelming sense of dread flow over me again, and I think that I may have brought something home with me. In the end, and I know that this sounds crazy, but I ended up begging my mother to have a priest come over and bless our home. Again, very out of character for me because, honestly, I, I don't believe in this stuff. But after the blessing, I can't explain it, but I immediately felt comfortable and happy in my house again. I think that that may be more of a mental thing for me, uh, I don't know. Just being raised in a strict religious household made me do it. But I'm definitely not religious in any aspect. To be honest, I still don't know what to make of this experience and I don't know why I reacted the way that I did. I don't know what I believe anymore, but... I'm convinced that there was something watching over me that night that I went to the schoolhouse because I have a feeling that if I had actually went in, things would have been a lot worse. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. 
Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. So I'm a 25-year-old female but this takes place when I was 12. I grew up in a pretty safe neighborhood, and this took place on a weekday. I was pretty sick too, like flu symptoms. At this point, I had stayed home alone a handful of times. My parents didn't really like leaving me alone at 12 years old, but they really had no choice on this particular day. My mum worked early in the morning, like between 2.30am, and didn't get off until about 10.30, and my stepdad was also working during the day. So, I'm going to try and explain my house the best as I can because it's kind of important. So there are big windows in the front of the house and the blinds and the curtains were open. The front door was most likely unlocked. I know that that sounds horrible but we lived in a place where bad things just didn't really happen. There are also two big tall windows on each side of the front door so anyone at the front door can look right into the dining room and the living room. I never really thought anything of those windows. That is, until this happened. So it was some time in the morning and I was still in pyjamas and my mum was still at work. There were no cars in the driveway when, all of a sudden, someone rang the doorbell. I was upstairs at the time and I didn't get to the door right away. The person started knocking really hard on the door and I looked from upstairs to see if I could see who it was that it was knocking. It sounded like a, a police officer maybe... Unfortunately, because of those stupid big windows, I was able to see the man and he also saw me. We made eye contact, so I felt really weird about not answering the door and he knew I was home, so I decided to be brave and answer the door. I know, I know, I was a stupid kid. But he pulled out a badge and showed me his business card and he claimed to be a special investigator and he needed to park in our driveway to wait on one of the neighbors that he was spying on. I just said to him, oh, uh, okay, sure, go ahead. He walked back to his car and I locked all the doors and the windows, went upstairs and called my mum. She told me to hide in the closet and that she was calling the police. Luckily enough, my parents' house is right around the corner from a police club where the police officers do target practice and stuff. And almost immediately, there were a total of nine cop cars outside of my house. I was terrified and an officer knocked on the door and scolded me for answering the door when I was home alone. They were also in the process of arresting the man in my driveway. He was armed and I later learned that he was waiting on my stepdad to come home from work. I'm not really sure what he was going to do but he did have a gun so I guess you can put two and two together right? I don't really remember much after that but it was a terrifying experience for sure. So, as a bit of background, my family lives in a state away from me and at the time that this happened, I had just turned 18. 
I'm 21 and female now, and my mum would finally let me drive to go and see them, which was about a five and a half hour drive away. But no biggie, I could do that, I thought. About halfway there, though, I needed to stop to get some gas and get some snacks and whatnot. I wasn't very familiar with the drive or where the gas stations were on it, and they were kind of spread out, so as soon as I felt like it wasn't smart to wait until another gas station came up, I pulled off the highway. Now, I've always been sort of suspicious of people in general because, well, I haven't had an easy childhood and I grew up learning to just kind of feel when things are not right. So, I wasn't really worried about being by myself because I knew how to handle myself. I pull up to this relatively empty gas station, maybe one or two other cars, but it was a larger one with one of the antique shops in it. I parked at a pump, locked my doors and I go inside. There was no one at the counter yet, and a sign was on the counter saying that they would be right back. So I go and pick out a snack and a drink, and, well, when I previously walked in, I noticed a man, late 20s, kind of just wandering in the store. I saw him glance over at me when I walked in, but didn't really think much about it. Not really paying much attention to him, I went and opened the door to the soda section, and was perusing them when he comes right up next to me and opens the one next to mine. This wasn't particularly weird to me, but the fact that he was literally all the way across the store when I came in, and then as soon as I go over there, he does too. I was like, okay, I'm going to go look for a different drink. So I go to the tea section and stand there for a second, and he follows me to the one right next to mine again. Only this time, he looks at me, smiles a creepy-ass closed-lipped smile and says, hey, I do want to say that even though he could have easily just have been trying to be a nice flirt or something, I had an instant creepy vibe from him when he first walked over and that intuition has never failed me before. At this point, I just looked at him, nod my head, grab something and I go to the counter, thinking to myself that I can just grab a snack later. He comes up right behind me though with one of those jerky sticks. I literally didn't even grab anything from the refrigerators that he was looking in right next to mine and just stands like really super close to me and I mean he was right up behind me so much though that I could feel his body heat and his breath on the back of my neck. I'm literally just wanting this cashier to desperately come in here so I can get the hell away from this guy so I start calling for someone. No one answers or comes out though. The dude behind me is texting on his phone and looking around and at the door like he's waiting for something. But finally, I'm like, screw it, I'm out. I leave my drink on the counter and I just walk out and he follows me. At this point, I literally bolt to my car and I remember feeling him grasp my jacket but with the momentum of my arm swinging, he didn't get a firm hold. I hop in and I lock the doors immediately, turning my car on in record speed. We make eye contact and out of the corner of my eye, I see two men run out from around the corner of the gas station. All three run out my car, which is not very far from where the first guy is, and I just floor it out of there, almost wrecking my car in the corner. I don't know what they were planning on doing, but I imagine that I was about to get kidnapped. I called the police because I don't know where the cashier was and I just had a bad feeling that they may have done something to them. But when the police got there, the guys were gone and the cashier was apparently fine. 
These days, though, I now carry my knife with me when I go on that drive. From five years old till ten when we moved, there was a, a ghost or a demon lady or something that visited me every single night. And I have a lot of stories of her coming into my room and just kind of staring at me, but I have a few that stain my memory the most. So I'm now 25 years old with two daughters of my own and I'm so paranoid that she'll somehow mess with my kids too that I pray to God often that she doesn't. I would cover my entire body with stuffed animals from head to toe and I would plug my ears just so that I could fall asleep. It always happened the same though. I would be laying in my bed with my light on because I couldn't sleep at all without my lamp on and even though it never helped at least I could see a little better. But as I'm laying there trying to fall asleep everything would just get extremely quiet. That's when I knew that she was coming. It would take about a minute before she got right beside my bed, but once she was there, I knew it, because I could feel it. I would peek out from under my animals and see her standing or floating there, just staring at me with this horrible face so pale that I would freak and run to my mum's and stepfather's room and jump into bed with my mum, and then I could fall asleep okay. Well, one night, this routine played out. I cried and cried every night, begging my stepdad to let me keep my light on, and finally, it caved like always. I was trying to sleep, and she slithered in. I took off to my mum's room, and I jumped into bed. Except this time, my stepdad wasn't having it. He told me to go back to my room, and I completely broke down. My mum finally talked to him. My mum finally talked him into letting me sleep on the floor next to my mum and the wall of the room. I laid down there holding my mum's hand that was hung over the side of the bed to comfort me, staring up at the ceiling watching the fan rotate, when it suddenly got super quiet, and I remember thinking, no way, she can't get me in here with my mum, and I held my mum's hand tight. Then I saw her floating around the foot of my mother's bed coming towards the side that I was on. She always had a white gown on and long black hair and she moved so silently that it was weird and kind of sickening. I have never in my entire life so far been so terrified. I screamed and screamed and my mother and stepfather jumped up asking what was wrong, or what's wrong with you and all I could say was that she's trying to get me, mum she's trying to get me. My mum let me sleep in the bed that night and I was fine after that. But it's really hard to put into words just how much torment this lady or this thing put me through. I mean, I was constantly sleeping in school because I couldn't sleep at home. I would beg to stay the night at my aunt's house or my grandmother's. Even one time she followed me to my aunt's house and I ran outside and sat in the middle of the street until my aunt got home at about 7 the next morning. It was just truly horrible. Even today though, 20 years later... I'm a grown-ass man with a family and sometimes at night I lay awake thinking about her, worried to death that she may find me again. I've had panic attacks in the middle of the night dreaming about her too and there's only two people in the world that even know about her besides me and that's my wife and mother. And well, now too, whoever listens to this horribly put together story that I'm sure some won't even believe. But for me... 
It's the most real thing that I've ever experienced. By the way too, this is just one of the times that I really remember. There's about probably ten that stick in my mind. But anyway, there it is and thanks for listening. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This happened when I was about five or six years old. My mother was a dealer for Coca-Cola at the time in the rural regions of my city, so that means that she and her fellow employees would be delivering crates of Coke to little villages in the boonies pretty regularly. On this particular day, no deliveries were scheduled and anything that was to be delivered was already done, so we were all just kind of all hanging out at the warehouse. My mum figured since it was the end of the week, let's all go out on a little road trip with the crew. Everyone agreed, and then one of the crew suggested that we go to this new inland resort of a couple of towns over. It was nothing fancy, just a large area with a few pools, a pond, where you can catch your own catfish for meals and whatnot, and bamboo huts along the sides. We all get in the truck, and off we go. We arrive sometime in the early afternoon, and mum is telling members of the crew what to do. One books a hut, one gets our staff in order, and someone to keep an eye on me. While I look around, never wandering too far, I see an old lady, maybe in her late 50s or maybe 40s I suppose, looking at me. I was a friendly kid so I waved and smiled. She just stared at me so I told the crew member who was looking after me who in turn told my mum. She informed everyone to watch out for her and to make sure someone always has eyes on me. We proceed on merrymaking and mum's swimming in the pool, mum and the crew are having a few drinks and eating some catfish. This dragged on till maybe 6 or 7 o'clock in the afternoon. I stayed in the pool the majority of the time and would just come up for a bit of soda, but on my last attempt to jump in, I see from the far end of the pool that same old lady. I immediately tell my mum, who looks in her direction and tells everyone that we're packing up and we're going back to the warehouse. We get back and mum requests that three of the guys stay the night at the old house and if they could stay up one at a time just to be safe. Sometime in the middle of the night though I get woken up to my mum telling me to be quiet and follow her to one of the bedrooms in the back and to leave my slippers so we don't make any noise. I ask why and she pointed out to the other side of the gate and there was that same lady. She insists that I go to one of the rooms at the back of the house and stay there till she gets me. I follow and then hear her wake the crew up. I hear them leave the house and confront the lady by the gate with questions like, Who are you? What do you want? How did you follow us? 
but mum said that she just glared at them while mumbling and now and then would crane her neck looking past them as if to look for someone. She eventually leaves and in the morning I'm taken back to the city to my actual house while my mum went back to the town to continue her job and inform the local authorities of this person. We never did see the lady again and it's been 20 years since then but I asked my mum about the old lady again and whatever happened to her report and she said that she and the three crew members that confronted her went straight to the town hall before they started on work. It's a small town so it wasn't that hard to find someone via description and they did find out who she was. The local authorities went to this little bamboo hut on the edge of town about a mile or so into some wooded area. The plan was to give her a warning, but when they got to the hut, nobody was in. They checked the windows, but nobody was inside or around the area. Someone did live there because there were ducks and chickens in a small pen on the side of the house. But they just decided to leave and update mum later in the afternoon. And nothing really ever happened after that because they never saw anyone at that house again. This happened about 13 or 14 years ago in my home country, the Dominican Republic. I'm 30 now, so it was a while ago, but I've never been able to get it out of my head. So, it was spring break, and a group of friends and I, we went up to our friend's dad's house in the mountains. It's a town called Constanza, and it's the highest settlement in the country, sitting at about 1,200 meters, around 4,000 feet. The house is a bit higher up as it's located roughly 45 minutes from town going up a straight mountain. It's the highest house in the area in fact. And there was around 5 or 6 of us and we'd been hanging out for a few days up there. Just having fun, barbecuing, playing pool and having a few beers. Just kind of kicking back. On the third or fourth day, we were all tired since we spent the day walking and horse riding. At around 10pm, everyone was out cold, except for my friend, a son of the owner's house, and I. We'd been pals for a while, and we'd been up there a handful of times before. We always used to stay up late and hang up around on the terrace and the deck, talking about just random stuff, really. We had already been out there for a while at this point on these reclining patio chairs, and we were looking at the sky and literally counting the shooting stars, but they're so common up there that it became a sort of game for us. When suddenly, a huge, when compared to the other stars at least, white circular light appeared in the sky. I really don't know how to describe the size, but I want to say that it looked like 15 or 20 times the size of a regular star or a faraway airplane light or something. It didn't appear to be close. In fact, it kind of looked like it was far away. But this light just kind of sat there, completely still. We asked each other if we were seeing the same thing, but we didn't talk much after. It felt kind of uh, entrancing or something, and we both fell silent just looking at it for about a minute. Out of nowhere, this light just starts bouncing around the sky at an incredible speed over a huge distance in the sky. The best way I can describe it is that it moved like the ball in Pong, the old school video game, inside what looked like a defined area, kind of like a, a square or a rectangle. The bouncing around went on for about 30 seconds or so and then it just kind of disappeared. No trace of the light whatsoever and nothing. But 
Here's the weirdest part. So, after this, we just immediately felt sleepy. We were actually dozing off in a matter of seconds, and I don't remember who said that we should go to sleep, or if any of us actually said it, but we stood up and we just went to our rooms. And that night, I had the most vivid and realistic dream that I've ever had, and that's what keeps me awake at night. This dream was just different. I remember being on a spaceship, moving on top of a river. I never felt scared or in danger or anything, but I never saw anyone or anything else either. But I did feel a, a presence there with me. I was standing in the front part of the ship, in front of a huge window just looking out. We were moving slowly on top of this river, floating or flying, and it looked like the river was coming to an end, kind of like a waterfall, when we reached the end, and we just kept on flying, and... I could see this amazing view, just tons of waterfalls and each had structures and buildings on the rivers and it looked like a futuristic city built on those rivers and the surrounding lands and it was amazing, truly amazing. I didn't see much else after that but one of the most bizarre things is that I heard or felt numbers. It was a, a long sequence which I think were coordinates or something similar that they were trying to tell me. I woke up and I still remember those numbers, similar to when you wake up and remember a dream very vividly, but forget almost instantly. I stood up kind of dazed and confused and went looking for something to write, but I forgot them before I could do anything. A lot of years have gone by since then and I'm still convinced that these beings were trying to tell me where they were and who they are. I'm not sure why they need to tell us, human beings, where they are or why they chose me, but I do believe it. I've never had any other paranormal, ghost, abduction or otherworldly experiences since or after it, so this one has obviously really stuck over the years. But I just wanted to share my experiences and hopefully find others who may have had similar ones. This happened in summer school when I was in 7th grade. On the first day that I arrived there, I went to my science class. Everyone there introduced themselves and honestly, nobody seemed too off. I was kind of excited in fact to do some work, which was weird for me. But here's when the person in question shows up. He's late and he looks like a stereotypical nerd. His name was Henry. The first day he actually doesn't do anything wrong or weird, but... That changed quickly. The second day, the teacher is passing out iPads for us to use. Every day, we would log what we learned or do mini assignments on them. And she explains the project that we'll be doing on them. After everyone's finished, she collects them. Then, when she picks Henry's, she gets agitated with what she sees on it. He was watching porn the third day, and this is when he starts interacting with me. We have to draw for an assignment, so I'm just minding my own business doing that. Then he walks up to me and he's like, wow, that's really good. He was also really loud whenever he talked. I said thanks and thought that that would be the end of it, but no. We have a bathroom break a few minutes later and I'm waiting outside to use the bathroom. There's more than one stall, but we have to go one at a time, and he's waiting too. He starts talking to me and telling me how cute and shy I am. I cannot stress this next part enough though, that whenever he got near me, he'd punch my shoulders playfully. 
Like, it was so obvious that he just wanted some way to touch me, and after I go to the bathroom, we go back to class, and nothing else happens there. Then it's lunchtime, and this is the real kicker. I'm walking up to the lunch line, and guess who's there? Yep, it's Henry. I'm keeping my head down, so hopefully he wouldn't notice me, but no such luck. He says to me, you look like you want to die. I honestly don't know what to say to that, but then I say, I do, ha ha, and then he then pulls up his sleeve on one of his arms and is like, well, at least you don't have these, and then he puts faint lines on his wrists. They were self-harm scars, and obviously this kid was pretty messed up. So I go through the lunch line with him in front of me, and he quietly murmurs to himself and attempts to talk to me a little. I go to sit down at a table. I didn't have any friends there, so I look lonely, and he sits next to me. I'm watching YouTube on my phone, and he pulls out my hand and asks what I'm watching. I say Dr. Phil, and he's like, haha, wow, that's so stupid. I didn't reply. He just sat super close to me, though, watching me eat for a few minutes, and eventually he finally leaves. I go to the bathroom after lunch, and turns out... He followed me into the bathroom. Before I get into the stall, I turn around because I hear footsteps and I yell at him and he bolts out. I tell my teacher and he's kicked out from summer school for now, but this is really starting to creep me out. When I was four, way back in the 1950s, I went down to the bank restroom in the basement. I was doing my business on the porcelain throne when an adult foot nudged my foot under the stall wall. Irritated, I kicked back at the foot. The next thing I knew, an adult was cajoling me to open the stall door and let him in. I got very frightened and I didn't know what to do. The stall was up against the wall, the first one in line. The creepy man forced the door open, which I was putting my shoulder against and when it gave way, I was knocked flat on my back on the floor. Looking up from the floor, I saw a very serene and dignified old man, with grey-white hair stuck up out of the wall. With a very sinister smile, he said to my attacker, his father is going to be down here in about 30 seconds. Believe me when I tell you this, you don't want to be here when he arrives. Whether of shame at getting caught in such an act, or stunned by a man stepping out of the wall, my attacker raced away. I heard his steps pounding up the stairs. Seconds after that, my father arrived and was looming in the stall door looking down on me. He scooped me up and ran his hands all over me to make sure nothing was broken and then raced after my assailant. By the time that he got up the stairs, the man had made it out of the bank and down the city streets. My father was a combat marine from World War II and also been a boxing champion of the 7th Fleet and he later told me that my voice shouted in his mind to run to the restroom right then. The attacker ran right by him. I'm obviously glad for the angel that stopped the assault upon me. I'm equally glad that he chased off the guy before my dad could get there, because my dad would surely have beaten him to death, no doubt about it. That angel saved us both, me from the attacker and my father from going to jail. About a year or so ago, I heard a very timid knock on the door of my room at around 2 or 3 in the morning, I think. 
I opened the door and standing there was my brother, 19. He looked visibly shaken and he asked me, were you just outside a minute ago? And I responded, no, I haven't been outside in a while. Why? My brother turned as white as a sheet and he didn't respond right away, but needless to say, this really threw me off. Not a whole lot really bothers my little brother, and he's the kind of person who, if you kick open the door to his room with a gun in hand, he'll kind of nonchalantly ask, what do you want? He can whisk any sort of fear away with logic. Any sound, noise, or shape has a simple, logical explanation to him. I'm the same way, if I'm being honest. I mean, we're not really paranormal people. So, when I eventually got out of him, I think that there's somebody outside. I just figured that it was a human. That's logical, right? What didn't make sense, though, was our area. We live in a fairly secluded neighborhood. There hasn't been a crime in the area for years now, not even a stolen Amazon package, so someone outside was a, a bit of a surprise to me. Regardless, though, I grabbed a weapon and I went to investigate. Now, our kitchen looks out on our backyard, and there's several large windows that allow you to see almost the entirety of my backyard. The natural light from the moon is almost perfect to where if you're standing in the kitchen you can see everything in the yard, but you can't be seen in the house. I've seen plenty of animals roam through my backyard at night while I was making coffee or getting a glass of water. My brother has also reported seeing things that looked human in the backyard before, so this wasn't new. But what was odd was I've never really seen him this scared before. So I go into the kitchen and I look outside, and nothing... I turn on the floodlights and I start to look around the yard. Again, nothing. I go back inside and I talk to my brother and I don't remember the exact conversation, but it was something like, there's nothing out there that I could find anyway. And he said, oh, I could have sworn that I saw someone. The color had returned to his face and he was acting normal again, which put me at ease. And then I said, what were they doing? He said, just standing there. And I said, that's weird. Well, you must have been seeing things or they just ran off. I started to walk back into my room when my brother started to talk again and he said, I don't think it was human. I asked him, well, we don't have bears or anything around here anymore, so what do you think it was? He said, I don't know. Its eyes were red though. We just sort of left it at that and we both just kind of decided that it must have been a figment of his imagination or something and that he was tired or something. We went to bed but neither of us slept well that night. But the next night I was awoken in the middle of the night by something. I'm a really light sleeper so it honestly could have been anything and I don't really remember but I think it was the computer restarting. It makes a loud beep when it does so and... I don't know if that's important, but anyway, I left my blinds in my bedroom window open because it was raining and I liked the sound of the rain. However, the rain had stopped and it was getting really cold in my room, so I got out of bed to go and close the window. I glanced outside and that was when I saw something. Something that looked like a person was just standing on the fence about 15 feet from my window. It was looking at me and it had red eyes just like my brother described. I was so startled that I actually fell back onto my bed. I got up and I looked out the window again but I couldn't see anything. 
so I just kind of chalked it up to my mind playing tricks on me, closed my window, and I went back to bed. Now, the last time, and this time I don't doubt what I saw, I was going to the kitchen to get a glass of water in the middle of the night. I glanced over out of my sliding glass door, and that was when I saw it again. It was about seven feet tall, made of what looked like smoke or something, and it had human features, but none were defined. But it had bright glowing reddish-orange eyes, and it wasn't looking at me. It was looking at my sliding glass door handle and kind of swiping at it or something, as if trying to figure out how to open the door and get into my house. I snuck back into my room, grabbed a thing of salt that I had from dinner earlier and a Bible. My only real experience with the paranormal is the show Supernatural. So with my weapons in hand, I snuck back out there, only to find that this thing was gone. Vanished without even a trace. I never saw anything like it again, and I really hope that I never do. My brother and I talked about it a couple of months later, and apparently the night that I saw something at my window, he saw something out of his window at roughly the same time in a similar circumstance. He also thought that he saw something in the backyard again just prior to my door experience. Apparently, he didn't say anything because he didn't want to deal with it. Kind of speaks to his personality, like I said. So, what was it? I have no idea. But after that, neither of us ever saw anything again. And to be honest, we both hope to keep it that way. When I was a senior in high school, I babysat for a family friend of ours. And I normally didn't babysit their kid, but their usual sitter cancelled last minute, so I thought why not? The baby, he was uh, one or two years old, and around 9pm I put him into bed upstairs in his crib. I watched TV downstairs in the living room with a baby monitor next to me. And after a couple of hours, I hear the baby screaming, and it was like nothing I've ever heard before or since. It didn't sound like a normal baby crying, and his shriek conveyed a, a sense of terror so far removed from an infant's normal emotional spectrum that I just instantly panicked. I rushed upstairs to check on the kid. I opened the door to find him standing in his crib, holding himself up with one hand and his other hand pointing at the closet. I gathered my courage and I opened the closet, and when I did, there was nothing there. Since his parents would be home soon, I decided to comfort him on the couch downstairs. Ten or fifteen minutes later, the parents arrived. Immediately, they were rightfully a little put off, wondering why the baby wasn't in bed, I explained what happened, clearly still a little bit freaked out, and the mother became visibly distraught, flew upstairs without a word, and the father solemnly apologized to me, then asked for my discretion, to which I agreed. He then told me that his wife had been seeing the ghost of a Civil War soldier standing at the foot of their bed. He paid me a little bit too generously, and after that I just went home. But the memory of that kid's shriek still sends a, a chill up my spine. Although I didn't see anything, I think my experience validated what the mother had been seeing, for her at least, I think. I'm not sure the husband believed her or whether that night changed his opinion or anything. At the very least, I got the vibe that they disagreed about it. But after that, I never babysat for them again. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. 
Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.